It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone line is open, 356 356- 9397, our last program in the month of August, last day of August. Matt Daniels, sports director of the uh, News Gazette, is with us. How are you doing, Matthew? Doing well, Steve. How are you? Good. Bob Osmussen in the studio as well. Robert, what's I'm, going on? Not much. <laughs> Hang in there. That's what we're all trying to do. Same is. sentiment we've had for the last five and a half months. Yes. Approaching Scott, month six. Scott Ritchie is out on assignment as exactly. we speak. Mm hmm. So he's uh, marching, is that right? Yeah, the uh, Illinois, uh, a lot of several Illinois athletes uh, have organized a, a Black Lives Matter march uh, that took place uh, about an hour ago. Uh, kind of originated outside Grange Grove, and they marched down was that First Street? Mm-hmm. For, marched down First Street all the way to the the Champaign Police Department there at the the corner of University and, and First Street, and. Uh, knelt uh took a knee for a few minutes in, in silence uh, and of all the uh racial injustice and social justice um uh, protests that have been out there i know josh whitman was out there brad underwood i think lovey smith was as well orlando antigua chin coleman uh illinois basketball assistant coaches as well and uh it's just wrapping up uh, i believe they're walking back to grange grove right now so scott may join us later on in the show via phone or uh, or in studio, um, we're still not sure if there's going to be interviews or anything afterwards. I know he talked to to several players, Illinois football players beforehand, like Kendrick Green, um, Nate Hobbs spoke at the protest, uh, Kendall Smith uh, as well. So, uh, Illinois athletes are getting out there and showcasing their their right to protest and speak up about all the the problems that are going on in the world right now. So that's, uh, that's taken place in the last oh, hour, 15 minutes or so. Scott might be tired walking uh, up, he's down, a, and back. Yeah, he's, this is the second time he's actually done that this summer, uh, early this summer, uh, about a week after the, the murder of George Floyd. Uh, they had a protest that originated at the, the Champaign County Courthouse in Urbana and uh, took about an hour and a half or so. And Scott was there for that, uh, did Facebook Live broadcast on the News Gazette's Facebook page. I know he's got some videos up right now on uh, the News Gazette's Facebook page as well, and uh, we'll have full coverage in, in tomorrow's paper for sure. At least it's only 80 degrees right now, not <laughs> 95 like it was this time last week, so that would help a little bit. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know that, that's one thing too with uh, you know the weather kind of turning here, and uh, you know, it's supposed to be cooler temps this week, especially after last week's scorcher that... Kind of brings to mind some nostalgia of football season that should be happening. Uh, should be game week right should now. Should be game, game week. week. Should, uh, we should be dissecting what Lovey Smith said in his press conference at Memorial Stadium on Monday, right. like he usually does. And, and good food, too. Grilling, grilling uh, Brandon Peters, much to his delight, about uh, the upcoming game. And, you know, they were talking s- about the Buckeyes. There you go. I would have done, uh, initially, initially, done yeah, the Q&A today. That, that's true. Oh, initially, well. initially, it was going to be the Redbirds of Illinois State, but right. then... Life happened, and then it was going to be the Buckeyes of Ohio State, and then life happened again, and 
Now we're sitting here with no football. I preferred the second schedule. I know what you thought. I thought 10 Big Ten games was going to be awesome. Really going to be awesome. In fact, I think when I see that, I've been like thinking long-term, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe there's play two non-conference games against whoever, play 10 conference games. What a great deal. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, Then, again, with a 14-team Big Ten uh, league, that's going to create some inequities. I can fix it. All right, Bob, go ahead. Easily fixed. Okay. Very simple. You win the division based on your division record. Not the whole record. Division record. So the the rest of the games are just kind of a bonus. If there's a tiebreaker to be had, then you go those extra games, uh, you know, whoever you happen to play. That's not going to be really fair. But to judge it based on who you play when somebody gets stuck with Ohio State and Penn State the same year, it's really unfair, completely unfair. Well, since the last time we gathered on this particular show, some more news came out on Friday that the Big Ten is uh, thinking about, at least uh, starting in November, late November, Thanksgiving weekend, and playing maybe an eight-game schedule. Your thoughts on that? Uh, Awesome. Play tomorrow. I'll be fine with whatever they want to do. I sort of get the idea, though. Because, obviously, Thanksgiving, every, the students are going to be gone, right? Mm-hmm. They're all going home. They're not coming back for school until January, late January, maybe February. So, to me, it makes perfect sense to start football up now. There's not going to be a, a problem for the kids playing football and trying to be students, too. Well, not, I'm not sure. I think they'll, I'll th- think they'll take that problem. I think they'll happily play. I, I think I like – I didn't, never thought of this. November. I, th- I was always thinking January and going to maybe March, you know, going to March. But I think that this makes more much more sense. Well, the the intriguing element of that is if they would decide to do that around Thanksgiving, but then you also have the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 proceeding with their seasons as planned, and there still is a plan right now to have a national championship game. That would just feel really weird and look well, really weird not if to have the unless, Big Ten. not to have the Big Ten in there if they're playing games unless, at that moment. Unless the people that are smart in charge of the playoffs say, hey, we got an idea. We're going to wait. We're going to start a playoff after everybody's done. So you mean to tell me that coaches and players and athletic directors and conference presidents and the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 would be happy to wait three months to play? Not three months, maybe a month or two. Okay. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Okay. Let's see what happens. Right now, it's always always been screwed up because we've always had regular season, game, 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 play all the way through Thanksgiving a week after and take a month off. Never made any sense, right? Never makes no sense. What other sport does this? None. You know, baseball, October comes, they, play, they start the playoffs. They don't wait a month and then they start. True. So... Football has always been screwed up. Might as well make it a little more screwed up. <laughs> Why not? I mean, this year, I heard you guys talking, Steve, you and Lauren, talking about baseball the other day. You guys were saying kind of not downgrading baseball. I think you both love baseball. I do, too, and so does Matt. But I think my idea is I'm so happy they're playing. I'm not going to be complaining about how this works out because I think, actually, I think the play, baseball playoffs are going to be unreal. Could be. Because the setup, the Dodgers should win the whole thing, right? They're the best team by far to me. They should win the whole thing. But they may not win the whole thing because they may get upset in the first round. Sure. In a three-game playoff, even though the games are all at home or whatever they're going to do. I think that thing is going to be cool. 
So I'm all for anything. Frankly, if they're playing anything right now, I'm all happy with it. I don't like, for the long term, I don't like 16 teams no. in, in, in the no. playoffs. It might be too many. It no. might be kind of cool, uh, you know, this year. Yeah. But you'll you'll have a team or two under five hundred making the playoffs. It, d- it depends on if your team is one of those sixteen. Or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. right now, I'm a, if I'm a Cardinal fan, I'm feeling we get a good chance, right? I'm a Royce fan. I felt we get a good chance. I just want to be one that is eight in the NL and let's go. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, back to college football for a second. I think you know, as we sit here in in this room, all socially distanced and, and following proper protocols. But I think we all love college football. I think we can unequivocally say that and we'd much rather be talking about Illinois preparing for its week one opponent oh, right my. right now than staring into the abyss and wondering exactly when they're going to actually play another football game but I also think everything that has happened in these last two plus months or so and trying to get the season going for some conferences and others postponing it I think has really showed the flaws of college football and exposed a lot of problems that oh, need yeah correcting and need fixing moving forward because there's like you said bob there's no other sport that has some of these issues oh, that college insane. football has is dealing with right now and, and just the cracks and everything that that's showing i think really it really hurts the, the overall image of, of the game and if you're keeping score at home and you really want to know we found out today what the vote really was okay in I'd the like big 10 it was 11 to 3. Okay, I can tell you 3, probably. I'm sure you can. Go ahead. Well, I assume Nebraska. I assume Iowa. And boy, the third one is going to Penn State or Ohio State. Ohio State. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Had to be one of those three. Good job, Bob. Thank you. Well, it's and He had no prior knowledge of that. I didn't, but I'm not surprised. And I think, again, people are saying Delaney would have done this different. First year, first year Jim Delaney might not have done this. Anyway, he wouldn't have had the consensus of the of the rest of the conference like he would at at the end. Sure, you know, first year, I think we have to. Kevin Warren obviously made some mistakes, but I don't know how much of those are his. Actually, don't. I, I think the the optics ever were horrible. The lack of transparency was horrible. But I'm not sure that was all of him. Maybe. Whoever told him, hey, we're, we're not going to play football. But I said, but we're going to play football, and you can't tell anybody why. You're not going to tell people to vote. Big Pac-12 did a great job. They unveiled everything. They had a big report. They had it all laid out. That was great. The Big Ten messed up that part. They're not very, very good in this, that part of the thing anyway. The publicity part, Big Ten's been traditionally pretty poor about the whole thing. So, but I feel like Kevin Warren's maybe, I'm going to, I'm going side, not side with Kevin Warren. But I think he was getting maybe some unfair treatment. There was a college football game Saturday night. Did you watch that? I watched a bit of it. I taped it, watched a little bit of it. There were so many other things going on at home. I was right. like, eh. But it was Central Arkansas and Austin P. And I just I couldn't get my heart around it, but wrap my hands around it. Now, there are some games this week I'll yes. watch. Mm-hmm. So I want, to, I want to see FCS, FBS. No, no offense to FCS. Sorry, Matt. No, it's fine. No I offense understand. to FCS. But I, I want to see FBS. It was kind of sad the other night to have a Friday night in the state of Illinois where you, as sports editor, you were 
deciding which games to cover and which games to staff. And uh, yeah, usually I'm really stressed out on <laughs> Friday nights. <laughs> so maybe that's fall. good news. <laughs> and it was uh, good news for your family. Was, yeah, they, they saw me a little bit more on on Friday night than they usually do for about ten, eleven weeks from uh, from late August to, to late October. But uh, it was definitely weird, um, not having any high school games in the state of Illinois and, and what's even weirder too is just kind of our proximity to the state of Indiana right you know, we're 45 minutes away from being in Indiana and we don't sp- to, I believe though thank goodness high school games are going on over there like crazy and, right uh, you know Kyle Nikas our preps coordinator is going to have a story in the next couple of weeks he's actually going to go over to a, a high school football game in Indiana and just kind of explore what what it's like playing high school football Amid a pandemic, and then, you know, you saw on Saturday, I didn't sit down and watch much of it at all, but, uh, you know, there was high school football on the ESPN networks for 12 straight hours, Uh, you know, 90 miles from here in Brownsburg, Indiana, they're hosting a high school football game, and I think that just kind of frustrates a lot of people because it's so close, and yet they're not playing, and even in in Missouri, I know St. Louis County is is not playing, uh, but there's... Missouri there's teams in Missouri that are playing high school football right now and got their season going this week so it's uh it's a little odd to try to fill that void though every Saturday for the the rest of the high school football regular season Colin's gonna have a we unveiled it this Saturday he, he talked with uh Kyle Jackson That's Centennial's cool. second year cool. coach and the videos at newsgazette.com too where he actually physically walks the length of the field with the coach and does a little Q&A with them and, and we'll do that uh you know for the next eight weeks or so as as if you know there would be so there will be high school football coverage each Saturday in the news. That's just not traditionally what we what we have happen. I watched a high school game Friday night mm-hmm. on YouTube. Okay. A game in the state of Ohio, the oldest rivalry in the state of Ohio, oh. happened to include my alma mater, mm-hmm. Troy High School. They played a team called Piqua, which okay. is eight miles away. They played for the one hundred fortieth time. Oh I'm sure goodness. they like each other real. They they hate each other. <laughs> it's Ohio State and Michigan, right in the same county. <laughs> Um, but it was, it was interesting because I later found out, talking to a friend of mine, that uh, there were no preseason scrimmages or anything. So it was the first contact oh. they've really had. So there were a few turnovers. But I noticed the referees in the ball game did did not ever touch the football. Really? After every play, whoever ended up with the ball threw it back to the center, okay. mm-hmm. the offensive center. And the referee put a little a little strip of yellow something, mm-hmm. paper. Okay. Or it was probably more significant than paper, cardboard or whatever. Whatever. Where the line of scrimmage is. That's cool. The center held onto the ball till they came out of the huddle. Then he went up to that little stripe and put it down. Even one time, the one of the players tossed it to the ref just inadvertently, and the ref stepped aside and yeah. <laughs> wouldn't even catch it. So Well, it's hard to, hard to break habits. It You're is. Used to. Yeah, who won? Did Troy win? No, Pickle won and uh, for the Cheers. first first time in <laughs> four or five years. But um, when they played the – Troy can just say it was a unique situation. Right. It was just a, a weird game, so that's why they lost. The, the uh, series is really tight. Uh, matter of fact, five years ago it was 62-62 and six. Nice. After 130 more games. Guys, that's third, good. That's six good. They stay there. Yeah. I think uh, Troy has won the last four or five to, to jump ahead there a little bit. But anyway, it was interesting to watch Ohio high school football when the Buckeyes aren't playing, yeah. but everybody else in the state is, including uh, 
the NFL coming up and Little League football too. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be weird too. And again, I didn't watch much football on, on Saturday. I, w- I was here in the office Saturday night. I was flipping back and forth between a bunch of uh, different sporting events going on and wondering how the Cubs would ruin the story we had in place for Sunday's paper. And then Craig Kimbrell did that and, and blew a two run or blew a lead in the, <laughs> Thanks, the seventh. But, uh, Horrible yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be interesting too because uh, you know one thing, and we've kind of tried to document it too. But throughout all these summer workouts that high school teams have had, and uh, even at Illinois as well, just coaches have uh, electronic whistles, and you know they just hit a button there so they're not in their mouth or anything right. like that. And yeah, it's going to be weird when the NFL kicks off in about a week and a half with uh, you know the Chiefs and Texans on that Thursday night, and just seeing all the all the changes that are going to have to transpire. And again, I didn't watch much college or high school football, so I can't speak to exactly what went on uh, this past weekend, but it's a strange new world we live in. And that's, that pretty much sums up the last almost six months. We've got plenty more to talk about Monday night sports talk, and it is five We'll take a break. The phone line is open by the way, three, five, six, nine, three, nine, seven. If you'd like to join us, we're back with more after this. Welcome back to the show. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Bob Ostmus, and Steve Kelly with you. you. Might be hearing from Scott Ritchie at some point during uh, the program. The phone line is open. 356-9397 is the number. With the Big Ten thinking about uh, playing football around the Thanksgiving weekend, it might uh, mean that football and basketball in the Big Ten might be starting about the same time, Matt. That could be kind of interesting. Yeah, we're used to, in, in November, kind of the overlap uh, that uh, takes place with the start of college basketball and, and kind of the, the final few weeks of college football. And at times, it seems like a huge drag and burden, but I think we'd all welcome that at, at this juncture. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting if both Big Ten football and basketball are, are starting at the same time and, and what exactly that will entail and if college basketball will, will go to a bubble format at all, which kind of seems to be the, the popular way of thinking these days. And uh, yeah, just a lot of unknowns right now. But, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that once they do actually start, that'll be a very welcome sight. Our man on the street is Scott Ritchie, <laughs> and he is on the line with us. Scott, how you doing, man? Good, good. Got my steps in for the day. So, <laughs> so give us, give us an idea how that went out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a good afternoon for you know, all the Illinois athletes that you know, either put together, you know, this uh, the, the Black Lives Matter march or. You know, simply participated, and you know, several hundred people were out. Most of them, um, either athletes or coaches or people that work in the, the DIA. Um, you know, a few other, you know, think students and you know, a few community members as well that, that turned out. But it was mostly you know, athlete-driven and uh, athlete-participated you know, by. And, and Scott, it seems like this just kind of came about in really kind of a short amount of time uh can you kind of take us through just the the, the planning of of the march that happened today at all yeah uh, so Illinois football player kendrick green um so offensive lineman he was sort of the, the man in charge he, he organized it and, you know talking about him he said he hadn't spent as much time on the phone you know as he had you know the last three days trying to get this all together and you know it's a coordination um you know the first thing yeah, he said he had to do was, um, as he talked with some of his teammates about doing something like this, was 
to loop in Lovey Smith. Uh, that had to be kind of the number one thing because you know, Lovey, all four, you know, his players, you know, being active uh, in events and situations like this, but he also wants to know, you know, what they're doing. So that taken care of. Um, Kendrick said, you know, he worked with uh, Champagne Police Chief Anthony Cobb to make sure, you know, the police department kind of knew what was happening because they did, you know, march down First Street and essentially, you know, shut that down to traffic. But the you know, police were out and you know, were either redirecting traffic or, or had, uh, you know, certain streets blocked off. Um, so that that went smoothly, but you know, it was it, something Kendrick said is he didn't when he kind of went into this didn't know how much preparation it was going to take, but uh, well, they, they pulled it off. What other uh, either athletes, coaches that that were out there that you, that you saw uh, participating in the March Scout at all? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, the bulk of the Illinois football team made up a good chunk of of the group. Uh, Lovey Smith was also out at, at March, but you know, he kind of preemptively you know, turned down any media you know, requests. He wanted it to be about the players, but he was there. He had to support them. Uh, I believe the entire Illinois volleyball team was out. I think I saw uh, every one of them. Uh, several Illinois soccer players, and uh, included coaches Janet Rayfield and uh, Jeff Freeman, a uh, few Illinois basketball players as well, um, Adam Miller, Trent Frazier, Benjamin Bosmans Verdonk, uh, Coleman Hawkins, and Brad Underwood, Orlando Antigua. Chen Coleman, Jeff Alexander, saw all of them. Josh Whitman marched as well, and then both you know, going north on First Street and then you know, back south on Fourth, on the, the second leg. Uh, his wife Hope, Hope Whitman, was kind of stationed at the midway point, handing out water. So the the, the Whitman family was, was represented pretty well. Uh, Ty, Tyra Perry, uh, Illinois softball coach, was out. Uh, so several Illinois women's basketball players as well. So. It was a real kind of cross section of kind of all Illinois athletics. Scott, did you? This is Bob. How you doing? Are you, are, are <laughs> I you, think Scott knows yeah, who I'm you are, Bob. Bob. I, are you? <laughs> I am going to make sure. Are you worn out? Are you worn out? Are you okay? Yeah, you know, it it was a good day for this. No rain, and it wasn't ninety five degrees. But you know, like I said, I got my steps in for the day. So that, that's good. Um, well, first of all, there's probably not social distancing, I assume, because that's hard when in, in a protest. And also, was mask wearing pretty much everywhere, I assume, or not? Everyone that participated that I saw was wearing a mask. And that, because um, they kind of tweeted out a flyer, so to speak, you know, about this you know, over the weekend. And, you know, on the flyer was, it said the masks were or mandatory. Mask. Okay, that makes sense. And everyone, everyone uh, followed that rule. And, you know, social distance maybe wasn't great. I sort of made sure to keep mine. But as I thought about it, there's probably no group of people in Champaign that have been tested as much as Illinois athletes. So in that Good regard, point. it's probably one of the safer marches slash protests that there have been. Scott, we'll let you go in a minute, but uh, anything new on the basketball recruiting front? Well, I've been a little bit out of contact in the last few hours, so I don't know. Uh, David Jones has announced his commitment yet. You know, the class of twenty twenty one wing um, out of West Virginia. Um, 
all ind- indications are it's going to be DePaul, so not Illinois. So kind of continues a kind of rough stretch for Illinois recru- on the recruiting front with Brandon. He, ha- he has committed to DePaul in the last five minutes or Boy, so. Boy, DePaul kind of came out of the uh, woodwork there, didn't they? Uh, out of nowhere, I think is pretty accurate because uh, Jones had a top seven initially earlier this summer, um, which and DePaul wasn't in it. And then thinking last week and a half or so, two weeks approximately, he added the Paul and um, Iona, uh, Rick Pitino, trying to sneak in there as well. But uh, apparently worked for DePaul because he was seen even you know a week ago as kind of being a, a real heavy Illinois lean. But um, Dave Latow has been recruiting pretty well. Um, Picked up Romeo Weems in the class of 2019, four-star guard, slash wing. Um, and then in this 2021 class with Jones, that gives him three four-star recruits along with uh, Muhammad Bynum out of Simeon and then Keon Edwards um, out of Hillcrest Prep out in Arizona. So DePaul's not winning all that much, at least in the Big East, but uh, they keep getting some pretty good players. Scott, we appreciate you checking in with us. We'll let you uh, get back to getting some interviews or whatever you're doing there after the uh, the march. But thanks for checking in, my friend. Don't walk back here, no Scott. Problem. Drive back to the office. <laughs> I'm already in my car with oh. the air conditioner on. So. <laughs> Very good. Scott Ritchie with us on the phone here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. We'll take a break and be back. Some more things to talk about. We'll keep the phone line open if you'd like to join us. 356-9397 is the number. Moving up on 542, Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen. We heard from Scott Ritchie, who is out on assignment as we speak. You want to join us? 356-9397 is the phone number. A couple of uh, news items, Bob, in the, uh, the, your adopted state of Iowa, since your son is in school in Iowa these days. Right. Um, Iowa has suspended sports activities because they had a bunch of positive tests. And Iowa State has announced they'll have a crowd of 25,000 people for their home (laughs) opener coming up on September the 12th. How how far is Iowa City from Ames, Bob? Uh, A couple hours. Okay. Uh, It's too far at this point, apparently. Uh, 25,000. Well, that's... I don't know what percent that is of their stadium. That would be half the stadium. Okay. A little bit more, maybe. Mm -hmm. or Actually, a little little bit bit less. less. Okay. I think it's holds maybe 52, 55, something, something like that. Like that. Nice place, great stadium. When I was there, it was not very, not nearly as nice as it is now. Uh, I think that's interesting. And they're opening against Lafayette on the 12th of September, then take a week off and play a Big 12 schedule. So that's a good team. That's Louisiana good team. Lafayette. They're called Lafayette. I think they're just Louisiana now. Oh, I'm sorry, Louisiana. Thank yeah, you. There, there's a Lafayette out in out the east. I coast. knew there was some. Yeah, okay. I know. didn't want to confuse. They've got a little identi- Leopard, identity leopards. crisis going down. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, but but Iowa State's going to have a good season. I think I've got them. Well, my initial top 25 was is a mess now because half the teams aren't playing. I th- I think I had them like 22. So they're a good team. Great quarterback. A lot of great skill players. They're going to have a good season. Plus, we don't talk about this enough. There are a lot of great players sitting out, right? A lot of great players across the nation sitting out saying, I'm not going to take a chance on my draft prospects. So that conference got hit. Jamar Chase just uh, announced mm-hmm. sitting out for LSU. That's a huge hit. So there's a lot of great players not even going to play. So 
the games might be closer. Yeah, I think somebody on your show Saturday said, Steve, that the games are going to be, there's more likely to have big upsets. And I think that was really, Professor Stephen Ross. That was right. He's right. Yeah. That's def- definitely true. I think the Alabamas and LSUs of the world nearly is as dominant without their star players. I'm not sure I agree. Well, I, nobody cares whether I agree or not. But we, I care. But why sit out a regular fall season? You know, I, I get sitting out a spring season mm-hmm. if there was a spring season or even right. a, a winter season, but I'm not so sure if you're in the SEC and you expect to play a regular season why you would sit out your, your final season. If you're, if you're a top five player, top ten player in the draft, it, it's kind of a tough call because you're, you're not going to change. You're probably not going to change somebody's mind if you don't play. You need to play. You obviously get risk. I get that part, but risk. you're a football player, man. You yeah. need to play. Well, I guess it, it would really depend on my situation and my family situation. If I had any underlying conditions, maybe even at home. Maybe mom and dad are older or have some conditions or whatever. I think you have to kind of – everything on this, I agree generally, but I think everybody has to kind of take their own case in, in account. Like if it's me, I can't go anywhere near that stuff. So I, I sort of see the idea of not playing for fear of hurting somebody else. Yeah, I think um, the players that are choosing to, to opt out, uh, I think there's probably two camps in, in that. There's the, right. the guys that think they're going to be first-round draft picks and, and don't want to risk a possible injury in, in an abbreviated season and I think there's probably another camp of players who are concerned about contracting the virus from playing and right saw something earlier today a running back at Memphis I think decided to opt out this season they're in the American Athletic they're scheduled to play but they've had he's had four family members die from COVID-19 well, so, he's okay right yeah. but that, that I think is is weighing on, on a lot of these players uh, decisions and uh, you know it's player empowerment i think has never been higher in in college athletics than it is in in 2020 especially given all the the circumstances that have gone on in the world here in these last five and a half months or so with covid and and all the the social justice issues that are out in the forefront now so i think that's kind of probably the the reasoning i think behind a lot of these players and and their decisions and the games okay let's say a great player from lsu sits out their receiver Mm -hmm. i promise they got another guy. He might not be quite as he's probably not as renowned. He's not doesn't have the glory right now. Uh, right, right now. But next week he will because he's going to catch ten balls for a hundred yards. And the, the guy replaces a great quarterback is going to have a great year. So I think we're going to be. It's going to be fine. I think. I think actually football to me. And there's some Micah Parsons, a great example, Penn State guy. Would have been a Heisman chase. It really would have. Won't be now because I'm not playing. But I think the emphasis or the hurt on football is going to be much less great than it would be for basketball. Basketball, I miss is a great player. I would assume he doesn't play for Illinois. I'm not th- mentioning that as a possibility. But if he doesn't play, then you have a real loss for basketball. In football, I mean, the guys are, you know, there's 100 players on every team. They all have an important role. And there are not as many really important guys as there are in basketball. I don't think. Scott Ritchie wins the Charlie Hustle Award <laughs> as he is now in the studio. He looks glad to see you. Looks he, tired. He looks, looks. he looks a little tired. Well, I mean, not hot, but I still you know, put in a good sweat. Yeah. That's good for you. How's the haircut? Oh, uh, the, the downside. When's the last time you got your haircut, Scott? Just I don't know, to fill our listeners. February. Okay. So, less ideal to have 
this much hair when you're active. And but you know, gonna keep it mainly because it drives Jim Ross out bonkers. Fair well, enough. You had the you had the mustache going for the first six weeks or so of the pandemic. Yeah, I, I gave that one up quick. I realized <laughs> that uh, I'm not a mustache. Not, not a mustache man. Can't, Levy really, Smith, can't really pull it off. Levy Smith frequently mentioned your hair a lot. Many times on the calls, didn't he? Yeah, he likes it. Yeah, it's cool. He didn't like it enough to talk to you today, though, Scott. Or anybody. Well, he wasn't talking to anybody. Okay. How about Brad Underwood? Underwood? Did he talk? No, the coaches were mostly there just to support, support. their athletes okay. for and what they were doing. Speaking of coaches, Levy Smith, what's going on with the football team now? Are they... It's a big secret. They, no, I'm kidding. It's not a big secret. Well, aren't but they starting some kind of workouts? They well, they were supposed to have practice and meetings today. today. Yeah. And they moved that, those back because the, because March. That's that's cool. So starting tomorrow, I think they can work basically. It's like a five-hour week of there's no contact, okay? There's no tackling, none of that stuff. It's going to be in, uh, helmets and what they call spider pads, which I'm not even sure what that means. Some sort of shoulder pad type thing. Peter Parker going to be there? Pretty much, hopefully. Oh. And uh, that's pretty They're just going to do light workouts. Uh, I think it's more of a keep guys sharp type thing. And I think if every school should take it. They will take advantage of this. They won't, shouldn't abuse it because there's no games coming up tomorrow or next week or a month at now, but it's going to keep them in much better shape, much more better prepared. The games do actually start in November. Starting at midnight tonight, they can contact 2022 potential recruits. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Football's I, behind. Basketball yeah, and every other sport started that in June. Yeah. You'll probably contact the freshmen in basketball. But in football... Getting film on kids that played JV last year. Well, again, the calendar, all the all the... I think all the rules, probably the NCAA should just say, you know all the rules we have because we have a book, think of a, uh, the size of a New York, New York phone book. We're going to throw that out for a year. We're Are there gonna, phone books in New York anymore these days? Well, what, what it would be. Are there phone books in New York? I've got a phone book. Of course I do. But uh, Steve, yeah, I bet you have a phone book. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so what do you Anyway, getting way back to my point, I think the – Every, every rule in that giant book or whatever it is, they should say, okay, we're, we're going to sp- sp- suspend the rules. Recruiting-wise, you can't cheat. You can't pay players. But you can do a lot of things you couldn't do normally because otherwise we're never going to back, get back to normal. So in terms of scholarship numbers, in basketball you get to be kind of keep but roughly the same. Football, if you allow the seniors to come back next year without penalty – you're going to have way too big a squad. So you're going to have to suck it up and say, okay, 85, that's gone. Let's go to 95. Or let's pick a number, we'll go to it. Make it work. Got to be fair to everybody. So, yeah, I don't know. That's why the NCAA. I wish I was in charge. Uh, I, I could know. fix everything in like <laughs> five minutes. That's up for debate, but uh, we'll, we'll continue that discussion later, I guess. Don't know what the uh, new normal would look like under the Bob Osmussen watch. Assistant Commissioner Lauren Tate. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd make it even more fun. We'd argue all circus. the time. It'd be a circus. Yeah, we, yeah, we'd roll tape on your meetings and play those highlights on the, the greatest, air. Greatest show ever. It'd be a lot of screaming. It'd be fun. Scott, back to uh, basketball recruiting. Uh, we mentioned uh, David Jones has just in the last hour verbaled to DePaul. Brandon Weston over the weekend, uh, I guess yesterday, verbaled to Seton Hall. Illinois in the final nine for Bryce Hopkins. So there's some potential good news there, right? Yeah, and 
I mean, two, three weeks ago, he was committed to Louisville, so that shows yeah. you how mm-hmm. things can change on the recruiting front. But, yeah, he's the best player available still in the, the state. So that's one reason to go after him. And he's also a top 40 prospect in the country and also and really good at basketball. And he, he f- fits a, a need, so to speak, maybe a whole you know, position that Illinois doesn't have. And then Brett Underwood is all about finding uh, pieces that are different and trying to you know, put them all together. And Illinois does not have a Bryce Hopkins type on his roster, uh, at least that we know of. Uh, Benjamin Bosman's Redonk could be that guy. We just got a very brief look at him last year before uh, his uh, foot injury sidelined him for essentially the entire season. Um, but from a size slash skill set type, I mean, I think you know Bryce Hopkins and Boston's Redonk are probably pretty similar. So, I mean, maybe they do have that, but that wouldn't dissuade me from going after a really good player. What about A.J. Casey? Was there a Zoom uh, meeting with him? Recently for Illinois? I'm not totally sure of that, but I do know he's not at Tinley Park anymore. He'll okay. be on his third high school in three years after starting at Simeon, and he was an All-State first-teamer last year at Tinley Park. Don't know that it's been announced where he's, assume he's at now, and classes have mostly started. In. So if he winds up at, like, Champaign Central, that <laughs> shouldn't be a, shouldn't get Illinois fans' hopes up that he'll come to Champaign for college? I mean, that that actually might. That would get Jeff Finke's hopes up for sure for the Maroons if he's... They'd win a lot of basketball games. Exactly. Because <laughs> he... Uh, when did Casey announce this? That he's... Leaving Tinley Park. Um, He didn't, but it was... Uh, gosh, I'm going to butcher... Pat uh, DiBasato. Okay. The, the, the South Towns. Yeah, Daily South Town reported that last week yeah, at some point. I don't remember the... Again, I've lost all sense of time and space <laughs> over the last five months. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's – I'd argue he's probably the second best player in the state, regardless of class, just behind Max Christie. Um, always made a push for him early in the 2022 class, obviously. Um, he's been on campus for an unofficial visit. So I think Illinois is in a good spot, but his is a recruitment that will go national eventually. Moving up on 5.55, a final break, and back with a few final words after this. Moving up on 5.57, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, I'm Steve Kelly. So Matt, uh, give us an idea of what's coming up in the newspaper as we work our way through the first week of September starting tomorrow. Yeah, just uh, as we have throughout this pandemic, taking it day by day and, and seeing what happens as the world changes on an almost hourly basis some days. But no, we've got uh, got Bob trying to crack the mysterious case of what Illinois football is up to these days. And, uh, Call me. We'll, Call me. We'll see if, uh, see if that happens at all, uh, if we get any willing participation in, in that regard. And uh, Scott's working the Illinois basketball beat like he always is, and I uh, got some cool high school uh, ideas coming through that Colin Likas will uh, will execute. And uh, yeah, excited to see. Uh, you know, obviously without any live sports locally for the most part in, in Illinois athletics for the last five and a half months, we've kind of had to go as creative as we can. But that hasn't really stopped our our storytelling uh, abilities uh, one bit. And in that way, you know, that'll continue. You know, throughout as we uh, you know proceed. Just uh, an addendum to 
my Illinois basketball coverage. Uh-huh. I had a story last week on the 2022 Illinois volleyball commit, Kari Bohm out of uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Should have another one this week. Uh, Sophie Stevenson, she's an outside hitter from Seattle. So poached her from Pac-12 country in the class of 2022. Because <laughs> Chris Thomas was done with his 2021 class. I think their last commitment came during their final four run. So that kind of shows you what recruiting's like uh, on the volleyball front. We'll look forward to all that. And Bob's working on the football side of things. And Major League Baseball, the Cardinals are underway in Cincinnati, leading one to nothing in the bottom of the first inning. Adam Wainwright yesterday. That uh, was really cool. Uh, on his 39th birthday. They were a complete game. First one in four years for 122 him. pitches. Major Let's League High. Major League High. <laughs> a little bit about it. And it, I think it was Yadier Molina's 3,000th game. 2,000. 2,000. I get Just jumped a thousand. All in the same day. Pretty good stuff. Well, they're leading the Reds one nothing now in the bottom of the first. And if Dakota Hudson can get out of the first, I think Cardinals fans should feel pretty good. But that's a big if he can get out of the first inning. The Cubs are off tonight. They're 20 and 14 on the season. The White Sox play in Minneapolis against Minnesota. White Sox are 21 and first, 13. First place, Chicago White Sox. Exciting baseball on the south side of Chicago. Scott, we appreciate your hustle tonight. Thank you, Scott. Now yeah, go on the phone and in person. Now go, sure write, exactly. go write your story, Scott. That's a double dip. Appreciate everybody listening on Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. For all the guys, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.